Welcome to A Spin on Offshore Wind, the podcast brought to you by Energy Coast, North East England's offshore wind cluster. I'm Caroline Lofthouse and in this podcast I'll be bringing you industry insights, project updates and news from the UK's leading region for offshore wind and further afield. Don't forget to click the subscribe button so each episode drops into your chosen podcast app or you'll find them on energycoast.co.uk. This episode focuses on innovation, its role in the offshore wind sector and how the northeast of England has become a hotbed for innovation. My expert guest for this episode is Professor Simon Hogg, who is Orsted Professor in Renewable Energy and Head of the Department of Engineering at Durham University. He also leads Energy Coast's Innovation Group, so is definitely the go-to person for this subject. I'll also be joined by Vaughan Damasio from Vray, who will talk about how innovation is at the heart of their business. Simon, thanks for joining me. Um, Simon, could you introduce yourself for our listeners, please? Certainly, yeah. I'm Simon Hogg. I'm head of the engineering department at Durham University, and I'm also the Earstead Chair in Renewable Energy at the university. This might sound like a simplistic question for a complex subject, but why is innovation so important um, to the offshore wind industry? So the industry is still really relatively young and it's still finding its way. So so if you look at the progress the industry has made in the last decade or so, the price of offshore wind in particular has come down hugely. But we're not at the end of that journey. You know, it needs to we need to do more. Energy needs to be uh, available in bigger quantities from offshore wind. We need, it needs, still needs to be cheaper, if at all possible. Uh, so, there's, and the only way that we're going to be able to li- deliver that progress is is through innovation. You know, we, we need to uh, continue to invest in in improving the technology, making it cheaper, uh, making it more deployable as well, in order to get the benefits that that, that we all want stretching out into the future. Yeah, totally agree. And North East England has a history of innovation and invention. For our listeners from outside of the region, can you give us a kind of a potted history of why this is the case? Well, I think, you know, the North East was at the heart of the Industrial Revolution and and a lot of that was built on coal, obviously. And if you think of what sprang from that, certainly, you know, the first uh, passenger railways really grew out of uh, transport for, for the coal industry essentially and and power generation as well has always been at the heart of what what we've done we've got had so many pioneers here within the northeast uh, just to name one uh, charles parsons up at newcastle with the steam turbine you know one of the pioneers of steam turbine technology the technology that's still used largely for conventional power generation today right here in our region so we've always had a um, a focus on on innovation particularly in power and industry within the northeast and i think the offshore wind industry here in our region is just the latest incarnation of that. Brilliant, yep. And wind power is at the heart of achieving net zero and therefore requires quite a lot of innovation. Um, how is the sector's supply chain um, in the UK and particularly in the region, how are they contributing to that? Yeah, so we are, I mean, obviously the, the big wind turbine manufacturers are, are companies based outside of the UK, but they are now beginning to invest within the UK and certainly close to our region in Hull, we've had a huge investment from Siemens Gamesa in the wind turbine manufacturing and assembly plant there. So there is economic benefit coming to the region from 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 that side of the fence. But in terms of the supply chain, there's so much that, that is required in order to de- deliver the, the targets for offshore wind. 
that the the local companies within our region can contribute to. So things like cabling, for example, there's an awful uh, lot of uh, the, the sector in this region that, that contributes to various a- areas of cabling, whether that's digging the trenches, whether it's making the cables them, themselves, whether it's making systems that protect the cables. All of those companies are represented here in our region and have a role to play in the industry moving forward. And exciting things are happening. You know, the, the at the moment vast majority of turbines offshore turbines that are installed worldwide are fixed bottoms with the the towers going into the seabed but floating wind is, is coming floating structures are, are um, uh, with wind turbines on top of them are going to be much more prevalent in the future and there's some exciting opportunities for our region in that space as well anchoring for example uh, obviously if the structures are floating they've got to be anchored to the seabed and there's, there's a lot of expertise built up mainly in the in the oil and gas and shipping industry in that area that that can be transferred into the into floating wind in the future. So do you really see the the northeast England supply chain um, supporting fixed bottom and floating in the northeast of England but then taking that um, to globalize those opportunities as well Simon? Absolutely we we have every potential here in the northeast to build on our existing skills and expertise and our existing companies in order to position this this region really as the world leader for some of the technologies and some of the services that are going to be needed by the industry moving forward. So that is the, the exciting opportunity that we that we have to grasp right now. Brilliant. And in your role at um, Durham University, how do you see sort of business and academia working together in the innovation space? So we obviously partner with with many industrial organizations through the university we, we contribute in many sectors and offshore wind is one of them so the uh, the engineering department at durham has has been active in offshore wind research for two decades now and and that activity is, has continued to grow over time during during that period uh, so i think you know the, the universities though themselves they, they tend to operate very much at what's called the, the low technology readiness level. Uh, so basically innovative new ideas that may or may not have the potential to develop into services or products that go into the industry. You know, the universities operate at that level uh, and trying to really do the, the blue skies thinking and to unearth or unlock the next possible piece of technology or way of doing things that industry can then pick up and use. And there are, there are countless examples of that going into the, going into the sector. So, so if you wanted me to name one, uh, we had a PhD student who completed his thesis at the university in 2013 and he was developing in, in collaboration with the Offshore Renewable Energy Catapult at Blythe a way of testing, of doing uh, fatigue testing on, tur- on wind turbine blades which was more accurate and faster than the, than the, the, the current standard way of doing it and that technology has been transferred to the catapult center now in fact the student is an employee of the catapult center and that may well work its way into the c- testing standards for, for wind turbine blades in the future excellent that's great um great news for the region and um, great news for the industry in terms of energy coast which is northeast england's offshore wind cluster could you tell us um, a little bit about um, the energy coast innovation group please yeah so the, the i mean Energy Coast as a brand has existed um, for, for many years before the cluster. And when it became the cluster, I think um, two years ago now, more or less, uh, that 
the, the, the easy bit, if I can say that, for Energy Coast was the business development side of things because that was its history. It was a, it was a business development networking organisation and very successful at that. When it became the cluster, we needed to add two further strands to it, one, one around skills and, and then the one we're talking about today, innovation. And so I launched that uh, innovation group about 18 months ago now and we've really been trying to mobilise within the region to start to develop an innovation strategy that enables us to really support and help position the region uh, in the future as the as the go-to area the world leader in some of the technologies used needed to to service the industry moving forward and I, i've already talked about a couple of them uh, you know cabling um, anchoring these sort of things but there's there's many more activities other than that uh, another one that springs to mind instantly would be would be uh, virtual training you know, so there's lots of skills and competencies within within the uh, the northeast here that could that could be used in that space clearly if you can if you can train offshore wind operators onshore in a virtual environment then not only is that cheaper but it's also from a health and safety point of view better subsea inspection vehicles are, are yet another area where mainly through the oil and gas industry the, the this region has a a lot of companies acting in that space developing often autonomous vehicles that can go and do both subsea and airborne inspection as well so that's another area i think if we if we get an innovation strategy for the region really focused on the needs of offshore wind you know we can position the region as a, as, a, as a world leader in that space and i'm not to say it isn't in many respects in some of those technologies a world leader already. Yeah, and I know um, the other strand that you were just talking about, um, the Energy Coast Skills Group as well. How do um, the Innovation Group and the Skills Group work together um, for the future op- to capitalise on the future opportunities for offshore wind? Well, there's clearly representation jointly in the leadership teams of both of those uh, of both of those groups within energy coast you know i myself I work, I work for an education provider principally that's what a university is and so we are certainly active in the skills group durham university not the only university in the in the region um, um you know we're blessed with five universities in this region and and some of them have a very strong presence on the skills group alongside durham university so i think there is a lot of interaction between between the two but 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 really my passion and where i think uh, i can contribute most to energy coast is is, is through the uh, through the innovation event uh, agenda yeah and i know um we've organized um nof the um the organization that runs owns and operates um, energy coast we've organized um some innovation group events uh, where we've networked and we've had some great presentations um what's your sort of thoughts on how we've brought companies together is there some collaboration now happening between smes and academia together f- as a result of those events yeah i mean the, the events we've run so far allude to there they've all been very successful i think i think uh, uh, all of us have been delighted with the the, the, the take-up of those events uh, even during covid when we had to run them online we, we still got very good attendance and and our most recent one uh was our first face-to-face um, event for some time now and again that the attendance was fantastic so what that shows you is the real there is a real passion in in the region to engage with the innovation agenda the conversations are are happening, and uh, th- what we're really after, which is what you just alluded to in your question there, which is which is actual um, uh, um, innovation activities and projects starting within the region. That that is 
that is beginning now. Um, it's 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 at a it's, it, if I'm honest, it's still at a relatively low level, but but that's bound to be the case when you're just starting out with something new. So uh, we're still finding our way to some extent, but there's some exciting prospects uh, in the near future anyway for for fairly large and substantial um, project ideas to to form within the region and for us to go chasing for funding for those from the large from the large funding organisations. Yeah. So Vaughan, thanks for joining me. Um, I was wondering, could you tell us a little bit about Vray and what it does in terms of the offshore wind sector? Sure, thanks Thanks for inviting me. Very happy to be here. Um, so Vray is a, a virtual reality company that uh, works primarily with uh, jobs that are high risk. Uh, so we work uh, a lot with people like the army, um, the RAF. We create simulators that um, try to de-risk the training exercises that uh, people go through to uh, to complete their training before they go out to, to work. Um, recently, we've, we've moved our technology and our thinking into the wind sector. So we're trying to now apply what we do to training uh, technicians for offshore wind. Excellent. That's great. Thank you. And how have you kind of what what led you to think of the offshore wind sector? How does your innovation, your technology, how does it really fit um, in that sector? I think primarily it was the, the risk factor for people. It's obviously quite a, a risky uh, experience to, uh, first of all, be training up on a on a, an offshore turbine. Um, but then the kind of first experience when you're out there, it, it can be quite a, quite a shock with the elements, the, the height of the facility that you're working on. It's obviously quite an, an isolated experience as well for people. Um, and also traditional training doesn't give you that kind of immersive feel. So, you know, the first time that you're out there at sea um, could be quite a shock for you before you actually get started on, on the work. Um, and then obviously with the kind of immersive um, simulation that we can do we can take people inside the facility so you can you can feel exactly what it looks like and um, where all of the uh, the kind of key elements of the the, the turbine are uh, before you're out there at sea so um, we were thinking that the kind of more traditional industries that we work in for simulation like things like flight simulators um, trying to bring that to an industry that, that that doesn't really have that tradition of working with simulation but we could see that they could be quite a good fit for what we do um, against the demand that uh, the industry's got for training quite a few uh, extra technicians over the next few years because wind industry, uh, wind power, um, thankfully, um, is in quite high demand um, and needs to scale up really quickly uh, to meet the energy de uh, demand. Sorry, to meet the energy demand um, both here in in the UK but you know throughout the rest of the world as well. Yeah, and health and safety is so important for the for the industry. You're kind of de-risking, taking that um, sort of human element out of it where people are put at risk doing the training aspects, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's, it's, it's more the kind of what we would think might be the, the kind of surprise element or the shock factor for people when, when they're out there for the first time. Um, and if we can assist with, with you know, getting people into that mindset of exactly what, what they're going to be working with, exactly what that environment is, um, you know, as best as a simulation can, um, there's a lot of, of good evidence that, that VR 
and simulation training gives you that that experience far better than a traditional classroom environment might. Um, which is not to say that we're trying to replace the traditional training in classrooms, um, but I think you know you can see there is a, a good <clears throat> a good element of that immersion, um, being able to to help with de-risking things. Um, but also what we've seen through the pandemic where sometimes you know it's just not possible to get people together in the same room. Um, it might be not possible for people to travel to a training facility. Um, and the idea that <clears throat> with a VR headset that you could ship um, to anywhere in the world, you can allow people to do that training a lot more remotely than they might have otherwise been able to do. Yeah, so in terms of kind of like um, international um, training, you can actually take, uh, you can send the headset overseas and um, train people. So you've opened up your kind of opportunities for, for export, export markets as well for VR, I would imagine. Yeah, we've been looking at that. There, are, I think there are, there are really good opportunities um, in America uh, where there's been a lot of investment in wind uh, proposed very recently. Uh, particularly down the, the East Coast, um, and also throughout Europe. Uh, and I think South Korea looks like quite an interesting um, market for us as well. And um, there are lots of grants available, um, lots of funding bodies that are, are working with, with companies like us to encourage us to, to work in, in those markets. So, um, yeah, I think everything looks looks pretty good, but it's it's obviously all driven by that demand for for wind energy everywhere. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about funding because you've moved into the sort of the offshore wind space. What kind of um, support have you had um, to develop the innovation? You know, what kind of programs have you accessed? Um, we we've had a lot of uh, encouragement and support from from funding bodies. So um, OWGP. Uh, we worked with with them last year to develop our initial prototype for wind. They were great to work with. Um, we were recently inducted into the um, Launch Academy cohort for this year, and that's a that's an excellent program for a company like us. That we're, we're still technically a startup. We've been around for a few years now, but particularly stepping into a new industry uh, like wind. Um, the program that they've got us on is just given us such a, a great sort of foundation with, with the information that we would need industry contacts, uh, business planning, market research, everything that we could want really. Um, and then there are also government grants available. So um, Innovation UK, I think, is a, is a great one. Uh, and I mentioned South Korea earlier, they've, they've got a fund specifically to encourage businesses like us to, to work with partner companies in South Korea um, for research and development. So uh, although we've only been working in the space for about a year now, I guess, um, we've just been given a, a tremendous amount of support and access to, to, to funding. So I think, you know, if you have a good idea and your research and development looks good and you can validate what the results would be, then we're very keen to do that. Um, I think the funding is there to, to help you get to where you need to be. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, sounds like there's a lot of um, support out there. In terms of, I'm thinking, um, if there's any SME listeners, um, SME businesses listening to the podcast, um, Vaughan, 
Um, in terms of accessing those um, those funds and those programs, is there any advice and guidance that you could give um, a company um, to tap into the programs and the funding um, mechanisms that are out there? Um, well, we, we, we found it fairly easy. So we, we, we just get ourselves on as many mailing lists as we can, and then we get um, updates on when uh, funds have become available or when new rounds of, of funding um, are, are likely to come out. There's usually a, a decent enough lead-in time uh, of, of probably thinking about three months from start to finish, which is, I think, quite a good period of time. You get to put your proposal together, do your pitch, um, refine things if you need to, um, and then find out whether or not you've, you've actually got the funding. So it's, it's, it's a relatively straightforward process. Um, but also, you know, very happy for people to talk to us. I think we've, we've shown that it can be done in a short space of time from almost a kind of standing start. Um, so yeah, if anyone wanted to get in touch with us as well, I'd be very happy to, to talk to them about the process. Oh, that's brilliant, Vaughan. Thank you. Um, Energy Coast is Northeast England's offshore wind cluster. We're always looking for ambassadors. So we would love to have you as a, an ambassador for innovation um, and supporting SMEs to access funding. That would be great. Thanks, Vaughan. Um, in terms of sort of, I'm thinking about Northeast England, and I know that you've got your Gateshead um, office. In terms of sort of Northeast England, what's your views um, on our sort of region and how innovative we are as a region? Well, I'm, I'm from the Northeast, so I'm always going to say we're great. Um, but I think we are in terms of technology. Um, there are some fantastic uh, tech companies up here um, and also some great universities producing graduates who are ready to, to move into the industry almost from day one. You know, I've worked with some fantastic graduate recruits up here um, from all of the universities. Um, but there are there are companies who are, are doing great things, um, startup companies right through to, to larger companies. Obviously we've got we've got big companies like Sage up here. Um, but then you can see smaller companies, um, startups like like Zero Light doing great things in, in automotive. You've got open cast um, these are, I'm talking about companies that I know, some companies that I've worked with, um, but Morstons as well, a great kind of general IT company. Um, and they, these, these companies are all interested in uh, providing fantastic services to customers, but also they, they give back, I think, to the, to the region in lots of different ways. Um, all really keen to, to recruit graduates from, from universities, I mean, from all over the world, obviously, but I think particularly working with local universities, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a really fantastic community up here, um, supporting each other in all sorts of different ways. Yeah, and we've got some tr fantastic transferable skills from um, other markets like automotive and um, IT, like you've just mentioned, coming into the offshore wind space to bring those new ideas that are needed um, to innovate, um, to keep us growing as we go bigger as an offshore wind market further out from shore um so yep that's some great companies that you've listed there um yeah and simon in terms of sort of um what kind of ideas do you think um for the sort of thinking about the future gaze and for innovation what kind of new ideas do you think um need to come through from the supply chain to kind of really take our offshore wind sector to that next level well 
the supply chain in, in 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 the region is largely SMEs, and the trick to making this work, I think, is 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 to getting um, getting the right people around the table. Uh, you know, small organisations don't have the luxury of being able to think about innovation on, uh, over the timescales that large organisations do. But really, um, within the northeast, where the where the economic benefit to the region is going to come from is is it's from the smaller supply chain type companies. So our role now is to try and create a, a, an environment whereby we can we can get not just local SMEs around the table, but also the big developers or the big OEMs to start discussing aspects of innovation that are needed for three five years down the line and, and, and start to form the projects that will make will make that happen. I've talked about cabling many times, but that's a classic I- example. There's, there's there's lots of challenges within the industry at the moment from from current experience, and, and and in order to turn those difficulties into a real positive, you know, if we get if we get the right people around the table from all all those scales of different types of organisations to to look at where we are with cabling and what needs to change in order to have cables that are are. Uh, not only fit for purpose, but world-leading cabling solutions for floating wind five years down the line. Then that's that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to um, we're trying to to take stock of the state of of various aspects of the supply chain and then pull pull people together in order to to engage in innovation projects collectively that are going to position this region where we all want it to be. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Simon. And sort of finally, you were talking about um, challenges and solutions. If a company has got an innovative idea, a gem of an idea, a thought, what advice and guidance would you give them? Is there somewhere where we can direct them to, to kind of get that idea from a concept um, a little bit further um, through to sort of um, fruition? Yeah. So in addition to the event, events, we've also launched a, a Teams-based discussion forum as well. So there is a, a uh, if you can access this via the Energy Coast website, uh, find the links there, but uh, there is now a, a, uh, a, f- a, a an online forum whereby any organisation or any person indeed that has an innovation idea can post it on on this team's channel and others can see it there now now clearly there are there are lots of issues around protecting intellectual property and confidentiality there however so we know that that people aren't going to put great detailed uh, innovation opportunities there but but a paragraph or two describing in very general terms what they what they see the the the, the need potential innovation need to be uh, that should then get discussion going on the forum, which should enable us to identify, you know, whether it's two, whether it's four, whether it's eight other organisations within the region who have interests in engaging in, in discussions about how we might form projects in that area. Then we can sort of take that offline and, and those more detailed discussions can happen under non-disclosure agreements or whatever in, in a more private and controlled environment. So, so the channel itself—that's that's what we're trying to do with it. Anyway, we're trying to have a, pretty much an open access forum whereby anybody can throw up any idea, and and then run it in such a way that when we get to the point that that um, protecting companies and individuals' in- interests becomes an issue, then we, we we take it offline and do it in the way I've just described. Thanks, Simon, and also Von Damasio for his time. I'll be joined by more guests in future episodes that will expand further on the impact of innovation and its importance for supply chain companies. 
And don't forget you can subscribe to A Spin on Offshore Wind on all good podcast platforms or you'll find it on energycoast.co.uk. That's E-N-E-R-G-I coast, all one word, .co.uk. Join us next time for A Spin on Offshore Wind.